You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Payton. Here comes the boom. I'm excited because the title of the message today is What's Your Passion? And what the Lord has laid on my heart is... It's great for these kids returning um, because we're, we're going to talk about Joseph today. I'm going to give you a little history about Joseph, though. I'm going to give you a history about he's the son of Jacob. Jacob is Isaac's son. He's Abraham's grandson. He was the second born twin uh, behind Esau to Jacob and Rebekah. Jacob was able to get the firstborn birthright from Esau. Jacob later deceived his father Isaac by pretending to be Esau, and Jacob and Isaac um, blessed him with the Lord's blessing for the firstborn. God appeared to Jacob in a dream, confirming his promise to give the land of Canaan to Jacob and his descendants, and pronounced on him a blessing. Later, Jacob wrestled with God all night and wouldn't let go of God until he blessed him. And God changed his name from Jacob to Israel and blessed him. You know, too many people want to say, I can't go to church because I don't have it right. Well, as we saw right there, that's a man of God who didn't have it right, but he became a changed heart because God dealt with him and God drew him, right? He, he was a conceiving, he was a, 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 a deceiving, conniving con, but God changed him and anointed him. And now he is the son and now he is bringing into this world the tribe of Israel. Amen. So if you will, stand with me for the reading of God's word. Genesis 39, verses 2 and 3. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord... We stand here today, Lord God, asking for your word to prosper in our heart. Lord, I thank you for the return of the youth, and I pray that they would hear this message today. But it's for all of us, Lord God, that we would gather something out of it. Hide me behind the cross. May the Holy Spirit renew and refresh any word and bring free fresh manna upon us, Lord God. Father, I ask your blessing in the name of Jesus, and amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, here comes the boom. Huh? Here comes the boom. Whenever she told me that this morning, I said, you ever seen the Kevin James movie? Because my kids are going to crack up. All right. So we're in, we're in Genesis 37. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. Listen, we're all a stranger in the land that we're in because it all belongs to God. It was God's land. The land that he was in, it belonged to God. And these are the generations of Jacob, Joseph, being 17 years old. Look at your neighbor. Say, 17 years old. Youth, look at your neighbor. Say, 17 years old. He's, it's meant for everybody, right? But he's 17 years old. What a time to have a message, huh? What is your passion? He's 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad with, with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. So he's, Joseph's a little bit of a tattletale. You know, I can remember watching the flock with my brothers, and when they did stupid things, you know, I would tell on them. And Joseph, there's not a whole lot you can do whenever you're watching the flock, though. You might take a rock and start tapping a sheep or whatever to aggravate it just to be 
a bully because you're bored, right, John? You get bored watching the sheep out there on the farm, right? So he brings back a bad report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many collars. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Listen, this is for parents. If you got more than one child, you need to love them equally. If you buy one a car, you gotta buy the other a car. If you reward one, you gotta reward the other. It doesn't come by not, their, their love and their attitude comes by how you correct them, how you discipline them, how you handle them. You can see that the 11, there's 12 kids, right? So there's 11 that hate him, why? Because there's favoritism shown by his father. We can't show favoritism to our children. We gotta raise them equally, we gotta love them, we gotta correct them equally, right? When one does wrong, and, and it might be a different form of correction, right? But we gotta do equally to our kids. We can't have the other one saying, mommy loves her more, mommy loves him more, right? We don't, want, we don't want that. And that's what's going on in this place right now with the 11. The brothers are saying, my father loves him more. So they're jealous, they're envy. Not only that, he makes him a coat. And this coat of many collars, we've heard all of our lives from childhood, Joseph in the coat of many collars. But this coat represents something a little bit more than just a coat. It's kind of a priestly garment. It's kind of a, of, of a garment that says, I don't work. I am my father's keeper and I don't have to work. I don't have to go out into the field because I take care of my father. See, Joseph was Rachel's firstborn son. Maybe you don't know who, who Rachel was, but Jacob was sent to, to Laban, and Laban tricked him into marrying Leah. Leah was, was Laban's first, first oldest daughter, so he was tricked into working seven years for Leah. And then he was tricked again because he wanted Rachel. That's who he fell in love with. That's who his eyes fell in love with. And he said, I, I really desire to, to be husband to Rachel. So he had to work another seven years. Imagine that, man. You've got to work 14 years for two wives. Who would do that, right? Anyway, <laughs> nobody in their right mind, right? We're insane. But he was in love. Joseph reminded him of Rachel. She gave birth to Benjamin and she passed in that birth. So now all that he has to remind him of Rachel is his firstborn from Rachel, Joseph. And he shows so much favoritism that he puts a coat up on him and all of his brothers dislike him. It continues to say, and Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brothers, and they hated yet the more. Man, when God's speaking to you, not everybody's going to want to hear what the Lord's telling you. And he said unto, him, unto them, Hear, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood around about, and made obedience to my sheaf. Meaning that they gave respect. Meaning they bowed down, and they worshipped him. It continues in verse 8, and his brother said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he didn't learn to keep his mouth shut. And after he dreamed yet another dream, and told his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obedience to me. And he told it to his father and his brethren, and his fathers rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brother indeed come to bow down 
ourselves to thee to the earth. And his brothers envied him, and his fathers observed the same. Man, you think about it. Jacob wrestled with God. He's had a dream from God. And now this second dream has come, and he's recognized that Joseph has had a dream from the Lord and that it's important. Joseph is dreaming a big dream and he's not been given the interpretation. He doesn't know what it means at all, but he's dreaming a dream and he's sharing it. Kids, don't, don't dream small. Don't put limits on God. Dream big because God is a big God and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you think or ask and you gotta just think about it. You gotta dream about it and it goes for everybody. It doesn't matter your age. Dream big because what God can do for you, nobody else can. If you're not living right for God, then turn your heart today and come back to him. Because at, at age 35, whenever he came into my life, I'm 49 years old. If I would have known at 17 what he could have done for me, I would have stayed right there connected to him. And I encourage you to, to stay connected to Jesus because he loves you. I encourage all of us to stay connected. What he's able to do in 14 years in my life has been incredible. I didn't have big dreams. I still don't have big dreams, I don't think. But he knows my heart. The one song I wanted to hear this morning is God is faithful. I didn't share that with Carrie. And whenever they were worshiping this morning and just singing it in rehearsal, I knew that the message was on fire and I knew that God was on fire and I knew it's a right time word for somebody, amen? He's dreaming a big dream. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Listen, God's got those plans for all of us. It doesn't matter your age. He's got a plan, a hope, and a future. He died on a cross because you're valuable to him. He didn't just sacrifice his son to say that you weren't complete because he wants to make you complete. He's going to give you a plan. He wants to give you a purpose so that you can fulfill life and glorify the kingdom of God in every Everything that you do, he wants to use you. We're going to go into this, and it says, and not to harm you. But Joseph, he goes through a little bit of harm, but God is still with him. Amen? So his brothers, they're down in, they're down in Shechem, and, and Jacob tells Joseph, he says, hey, why don't you go down to Shechem and visit your brothers? So he makes him, he makes him a basket and stuff. He sends him. He gets down to Shechem to look for his brothers who's feeding the flock, who's tending the flock, and he's walking around, and, and he, a man comes to him. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm looking for my brother, and they're supposed to be here in Shechem feeding my father's flock. He goes, well, I overheard them, and they went to Dotham. So he goes, okay. So he journeys to Dotham, and as he's walking to Dotham, the brothers see him and they start, oh, here comes the boy with a coat of many collars. Here comes father's favorite son. What are we going to do with him? And they started conspiring. Let's kill him. Let's get rid of him. The father will grieve, but he'll get over it. Let's just get rid of him because he's annoying to us. Father will love us. Father's love will start being divided equally among us. And Reuben, the oldest, steps in and says, we're not going to kill him. The blood won't be up on our hands. Let's throw him in this pit. So they agree and they throw him in this pit. And I can't imagine what it would have been like to be thrown in that pit. The darkness all around you, 20 feet. Who knows how deep it was, right? But he's thrown into that pit. And Reuben goes off to do a task. And the Midianites are coming down the road and they're kind of like gypsies. They're, they're bargaining, they're selling, they're trading and whatever. So they pull him up out of the, up out of the pit and they say, we're going to sell him to the Midianites. So the Midianites come and they purchase him and they take him into Egypt and, and they sell him into slavery. 
So then we go into chapter 39 of Genesis. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was, he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he, had, all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made, his overseer, made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. He's come into Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's recognized there's a special anointing upon him. Listen, when you walk right with God, people are going to see the difference in you. They're going to see a special anointing upon you, and you're going to walk differently. You're going to carry yourself differently, especially in this world today. People are going to recognize that there's something different about you, and they're going to recognize, hey, there's something different about you, Michelle. What is it? It's the glory of the Lord, and things in your house will start prospering. The more intentional you get with God, the more intentional he'll get with you. The more you live right for God, the more right he'll be with you. The blessings will come. The prosperity will come in your life. It may not come financially, but there's blessings that come that just aren't financial blessings. Materialistic things don't matter because there's a home called heaven that we're going to. And that's where our treasures is. There's more things that are valuable than, than, than being on a boat on a Sunday evening. Yes, I miss having Sunday evenings off and having Wednesdays, but there's things more valuable. Being here with my brothers on a Sunday night, that's valuable to me. Sharing, I, I got to share with a gentleman last week for 30 minutes the love of Christ before he shut down on me. That's valuable to me. If I wouldn't have been here, I wouldn't have been able to do that. God's wanting to use us and prosper other people, believe it or not. And we'll find that out a little bit later. So he's in Potiphar's house. Everything that he's doing is prospering. Whether it's grain, whether it's cattle, whatever it is, it's all prospering. And Joseph is now in verse seven, and it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, lie with me. Now he's facing temptation. Kids, you're gonna face temptation throughout your whole life. Adults, you're gonna face temptation throughout your whole life. It's how you handle it. And we're gonna dive into that. Joseph, Potiphar's wife says, lie with me. She's tempting him. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold my master, wadeth not what is with me in this house? And he's committed all that he had to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither has he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He's telling this woman, he's, he's walking away, he's telling her, he's, he's trying to convince her that, that this sin isn't just against man. This sin is against God. Whenever we sin, it just isn't against ourselves. It's against the God. It's against Christ who died on a cross for us. We're stapling him back to the cross. We're taking a nail and piercing his hands again because of our foolish actions. We've got a desire to not do the foolish actions. The temptation, we can learn a lot. Joseph said, that my master has given me everything but you. You are his. And that's how we got to face things. We got we to recognize. I believe it was Anna this morning told me that we got to start speaking things into us. I'm the son of Christ. 
I'm an heir to the kingdom of heaven. We got to start reminding ourselves of who we are so that we can walk out of this situation. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Temptation is going to come day by day by day. We saw it with Jesus Christ. He came out of the wilderness. What happened? Satan tempted right off the bat. He'd been in a spiritual place, getting filled up, and then he battles. And he tells him, man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And that's exactly who we are. Listen, if we're not reading the word of God, if we're not getting it into us, we're not getting changed. Because what we listen to every day, what gets into our ear, what gets into our spirit, man, changes us. That's the direction that we're drawn to. So if we continue to worship, if we continue to read and search after God and his kingdom, we'll be filled up with God. And we'll be able to do godly things and have godly actions. And we'll be able to resist the devil and he'll flee from us because that's what the word of God tells us. Amen? Day by day she comes, and it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her heart to lie with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was no men, none of the men of the house there within. Listen, she sent everybody away. She, she's, she's lost her rocker, right? She's off of it. She's got candles around. You know, she, she took off her granny garment and put on a see-through lingerie, right? Right? And she's walking through the house. Joseph, I know you see me. I know you see me. But what happens? Joseph runs the other way. It tells me that he fled, that she caught his garment saying, lie with me. And his garment was left in her hand. Why? Because he fled out and left her. Listen, it takes courage to be right with God. And it takes courage. He told Joshua, be bold and courageous. It takes courage to do what is right for God. And it takes courage to just flee the scene. We've got to learn to flee temptation. We've got to learn to have boldness to go out of that temptation. We can't sit there and dwell on it. If Joseph would have stood there and looked at it, he probably would have had an affair with her. But he turned his eyes and he went the other direction towards God. Temptation can be as innocent as craving cake at midnight. But it can be more serious as drugs and alcohol, young kids, TikTok challenges, fans only. Can be laziness to not get up and move. We'd rather just, as we get older, we tend to just want to sit down. Pornography, gossiping, cheating, stealing, Adultery, the last suicidal thoughts. All these are temptations that the adversary is going to put upon you. And listen, it doesn't matter your age. If you're, if you're struggling with any of that, please contact me. Contact our office. Talk to Pastor Rita, our counselor. If you're, especially if you have suicidal thoughts, reach out to us because we want to know. Those temptations are real, but we want you here because you're valuable to the kingdom. Amen? The devil's going to hit you with all kinds of temptations, but it's the courage. It's the Holy Ghost courage that's inside of you to turn and flee from it. There's a difference between temptation and sin. Temptation is, is thinking about the act and not doing it. Sin is going into it and doing the wrongful thing, right? We don't want to be sinners. We want to be saints living for Christ. Amen? So he fled. She's holding his garment. 
And it came to pass when she saw he had left his garment in her hand and fled forth that she called unto the men of her house. It's amazing. She gave him the night off, but just like that, help, help. She's calling him in, every man. And she called unto the men of the house and spoke unto them, saying, See, he's brought in a Hebrew unto us and mocked us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. Man, accusations. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment on her until his, until his Lord came home. And she spoke unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass that I lifted up my voice and I cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. Man, accusations. The devil, if he can't get you with temptations, the next thing he's going to do is start accusing you. And, and people's going to start murmuring about you. They're going to start spreading rumors about you. But you got to learn to keep your mouth shut and let God fight the battle for you. Too often we want to just lift up our own and we want to we, we want to say, this didn't happen. This wasn't me. And, and that's not what God is asking us to do. He tells us in Exodus 14 and 14 that we only need to be still and let God fight for us. Again, that's the word of God. And that's why we have to get it inside of us so that we're strong in our character, strong in our integrity to fight against the adversary. Ephesians 6 tells us that we got to put on the armor of God and, and we got to be equipped for the battle every single day of our life. This is Joseph, Jacob's son, descendant. Canaan land's going to be his. But and God has, God said, no harm will come against you and all those plans to prosper you. But right now there's harm coming against him. There's accusations that are flying out. There's going to be accusations that come against you in your life. And you got to learn how you want to deal with it. And it's tough. Listen, our, our, our government says innocent until proven guilty. But once the cuffs are put on most people, they got to prove their innocence. And once the cuffs are off, they still, people are murmuring and talking about them that they're guilty. Well, why did they get, why did they ever get arrested? Why were they ever brought down? Listen, I've been there. I had to prove my innocence. It wasn't me. Right? Joseph doesn't say anything. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoken to him saying, after this manner did thy servant to me that his wrath was kindled. Potiphar's fired up now. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. And as he was in prison, guess what? The Lord prospered him, even in this time. Why? Because he kept all of his face and his faith towards God. The only thing that mattered to him was God. And as he's in the prison and he's, he's profiting and he's taking care of everything, Pharaoh's butler and baker get thrown into the prison. And Joseph still has not been able to interpret his dreams that he's had in life. But the baker says, I've had this dream and I need somebody to interpret it. So he interprets it for the baker and the butler says, wow, can you interpret my dream? And he interprets the butler's dream. It didn't work out for the baker. But the butler got to be back to being the chief butler. And he got to back to giving the wine to Pharaoh. And, and, and as life went on, and Joseph's still in, in prison, Pharaoh has this dream. Nobody in his whole land can interpret 
This is God prospering Joseph. Even whenever it looked like he wasn't working for him. Even whenever it looked like I might be in prison forever because I don't see God getting me out of here anytime soon. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to continue to be faithful to God. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to, to search for his heart and his kingdom. The butler remembers there's one in prison that can interpret dreams. So the butler says, Pharaoh, you got a man in your prison by the name of Joseph. So he says, get him for me. Joseph's brought before Pharaoh and he interprets the dream of seven great years of feast, of harvest, and then there's gonna be seven years of famine. He brings him up out of that prison and he makes him governor over all of Egypt. That's the God that we serve. At the very bottom of a pit to be in the second in command. That's the God that we serve. In closing, I, I want you to know the benefit of being righteous like Joseph. Psalms 34 and 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. Who cries out? The righteous and delivers them out of all their trouble. You think that was Joseph crying out, Lord, hear me? Delivered him all, out of all of his trouble. Proverbs 15 and 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. He hears the prayer of who? The righteous. First Peter 3 and 12. For the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. And his eyes attend to their prayers, but the face of the Lord against those who do evil. Psalms 5 and 12. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. And when we think about Joseph, man, that verse just stands out strong. Everything that he did, he was surrounded with favor as a shield because the Lord blessed him for being righteous. Psalms 55 and 22, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. That's you and I, brothers and sisters. If we're the righteousness of Christ, that's you and I. He'll not allow us to be shaken. Proverbs 18 and 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and is safe. So I ask you today, what is your passion? Again, there's a difference between temptation and sin. Do right, sleep at night, right? Even as his brothers desired to kill Joseph, even after being sold into slavery, tempted and falsely accused, thrown into prison, Joseph's passion was still pleasing God in all that he did. He was 17 when we started this story. And he's 30 years old when Pharaoh appointed him to be second in command over all of Egypt. With God, all things are possible. Those big dreams that he had, they came to fulfillment. Because those big dreams, his family during the famine had to come down to Egypt to get food. And they wind up bowing down to Joseph, who was second in command. The big dreams that God gives us, we don't know where it's going to take us from or where it's going to take us to. But if we keep our passion for Christ and keep pleasing God in everyday life and everything that we do, God will prosper us and continue to move us forward. Galatians 3 and 29, if you, be, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Stand to your feet with me and bless God. Amen. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
The promise is in Genesis 12. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all people on the earth will be blessed through you. Because you belong to Christ, the promise is yours. All you got to do is walk with him. If you will, bow your heads and close your eyes. Are you in Christ? That's the question that I have for you. Are you in Christ and is Christ in you? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Because he died on a cross. He gave us a promise of eternal life. But you just heard the promises of the abundant life here on earth. If that's you today, if you never asked Jesus to come into your heart, is there one today that would slip up their hand and say, I need Jesus? I need Jesus. I see that hand, young man. Is there one today? Is there one today? Is there another one? Is there another? How old are you, buddy? 11 years old. 11 years old, wanted to give his heart to Christ. I'm going to encourage you. at age 11 to really dedicate your life to him because he'll take you places that you'll never imagine. It doesn't matter where you come from if you're rich or poor. God has a plan for every individual that's in this room. And all we got to do is accept him and hold on to him with all of our heart and to love him with all of our heart. Is that what you want to do? Pray his prayer with me. Dear God, Pray it out loud with me. Dear God, I need you. I want you to come into my life. I want you to give me that Joseph spirit where my passion is for you all my life. Be the Lord of my life. I love you and I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. at all. Young men and women, passion. Don't lose your passion. Every year we see everybody come back and they're filled with worship. I mean, you raise your hands and, and then after a couple weeks it starts dying out. Keep that fire. Keep that passion inside of you because the more you worship, the more God starts inhabiting in your body. The more you praise him, the more that you give unto him, and I'm speaking it to everybody, the more that you give unto God, the more that he starts filling you up. It's worth it all. As Pastor Kerry sings a little bit, I don't know what you're dealing with today, but if you've got temptations in your life, if you're dealing with them, I encourage you to come and surrender them to God and ask him to take them out of your life. If you're struggling with an area of sin, this altar's open and I encourage you to come and ask for forgiveness and just rededicate your life back to him. Say, I want to be filled with that Joseph passion. I want to live for you all the days of my life. Listen, to live holy is to honor God with your life and to be the righteousness in Christ Jesus for God is to live right. So this altar's open as Pastor Kerry sings. Please, I'm not begging you, but if you're dealing with temptations, 
or you got sin in your life, ain't nobody going to judge you here. But I encourage you to come. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 